Hello, my friends, it's Julie Clef here, your life and grief coach. Welcome to the Build a Life After Loss podcast. I'm thrilled to bring you uplifting grief support and hope for rebuilding your life one small step at a time. Let's get started. Hello, my friends, welcome to episode 130, Belief Shifts. Today, I want to talk to you about our beliefs that are core, that are just entwined in who we are and how we can shift in order to start feeling better, in order to start healing. I want to introduce you to three friends and you can't see me, but I, I say friends in quotes because they don't know we're friends, <laughs> but these are three authors who I have enjoyed reading their books over the last past year and learning from them and from their experiences. The first one is Dr. Benjamin Hardy. He is a young man who probably in his thirties, uh, he has a, a wife and children and he has a degree in organizational psychology, I believe it is. Smart man. He is a writer. He's written, I think, three books now, maybe more. But he said, this is his quote, the belief that you cannot change leads to a victim mentality. If you are determined by nature to be what you are, then there is nothing you can do about your lot in life. Conversely, the belief that you can change leads you to take responsibility for your life. Another thing that you need to know about Dr. Hardy is that as a teenager, his father was a hardcore drug addict and he went through this really difficult experience as a teenager, which leading into his young adult life, he wasn't accomplishing much. He was feeling very stuck and unmotivated. And he made some changes. He made some major changes to his life. And now he's super successful. He has this PhD. He's a writer. He teaches other people what he learned from that experience and from the education and the study that he's done. The second person I want to introduce you to, which I'm not really introducing you to because I know you know who Viktor Frankl is. But he was a psychologist who was in a concentration camp in Germany. And he wrote about his experience in his book, Man's Search for Meaning. And maybe you've heard this quote before, but it's worth repeating. When we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. That is his quote from that book. The third person I want to introduce you to is an, is Anita Morjani. That's M-O-O-R-J-A-N-I. Anita is a woman whose heritage is from India, grew up in Hong Kong, going to a British school. And I've talked about her before, but she had stage four end stage cancer. She suffered from cancer for four years in her thirties and experienced uh, a near-death experience. Um, and during this experience where she was dying, like literally dying from cancer, her body was, was full of tumors. I think she said she weighed like 
90 pounds or something like that at this point. She, she had gone into a coma in a hospital. This was in 2006, gone into a hospital in a coma and she had this near death experience and she heard her husband being told that she was not going to survive and heard the doctors tell her family that it was over, that, that that was the end. She was, she was not going to survive. And in this near death experience, she experienced that overwhelming love and acceptance. And she was taught that the specifically that, that her own unacceptance of her love, herself, her own fears, her inability to accept and love herself caused her cancer. And she writes about this extensively. She has three books, but she writes about this in her book, Dying to Be Me. And she writes about this experience. She obviously survived, and that's why it's called a near-death experience, and miraculously, within a couple months, was clear of cancer, had no cancer in her body after being riddled with cancer. And now she teaches and and shares her experience with this near-death experience and all the things that she's learned along the way. And she has three books, Dying to Be Me, uh, and I'm going to forget the names of the other books, but you can look them up. Dying to me to be me is all about her, her specific experience with dying and what she learned from that. And then she wrote a book about, uh, I think it's called what if this is heaven. And she talks about living this life fully and authentically. And then her third book that just came out is called sensitivity is the new strong. And it's all about being empathic and what that means for the person and how they can work with that gift. I love her quote here. When we shift our beliefs, which means changing the lens, our view changes. It's all about shifting our belief. Shifts in understanding and belief are crucial to acceptance, healing, and growth. We cannot go, if we think about the five stages of grief being denial, bargaining, anger, and depression, and then acceptance, acceptance being that we accept what's happening, what's happened, and we're able to move forward with our life with meaning and with joy. We can't get to that place unless we shift. Because if you think about like that, the early days of grief, like we immediately naturally start to shift. As soon as we have that, that loss, and maybe your loss is sudden, like a death, like a death that you weren't expecting or a reversal of some sort financially or whatever it is that happens suddenly, whether it's suddenly or it's gradual in that either you're leading up to a divorce and you go through a divorce or someone is dying and they finally pass away, they do pass away. When, whether it's, it's gradual or whether it's sudden, our losses change who we are. They change who we are. And if we're not willing to engage in that change, 
then it's super easy to get stuck. And honestly, I get, I get so discouraged and disappointed and I feel so terrible for all the people that I see online who comment and I get why it's happening. I really, really understand. I want, I want you to know that I understand, but I, I get on these Facebook groups with, with people who have experienced loss and I see the messages out there and I see the responses and people are asking for hope and they're asking, is this all there is? Am I going to be in pain the rest of my life? And I just ran across another, another post like that where someone is reaching out for hope. They're reaching out for some understanding of what's going on. And at the time that I read this particular post that I'm thinking of, and, and this person wrote, is this all there is? Am I going to feel terrible the rest of my life? There were over 500 comments and nine out of 10, probably more than that. I didn't actually do the math, but I would say probably 19 out of 20. So 95% of the responses were no, it never gets better. The pain is awful, horrible for the rest of your life. And then there was this 5% that were willing to say, it gets better. You can feel happy again. You can feel joyful again. There's good life afterwards. And I have shared this, uh, what my response was in a post this week on Instagram. This is what I said. I have healed from the pain of the grief from the death of my two youngest children, Carrie and David, from a car accident in 2007. I absolutely believe in healing the grief. That doesn't mean that there isn't occasional sadness. The loss is always there, but it's possible to let go of the pain. It's possible to rebuild your life. I believe healing the grief allows us to really, truly enjoy the memories and the love we feel for our kids and to create a wonderful life despite the tragedy. With God's help, time, patience, specialized support, good information and steps for healing. It's possible to heal if you're willing to open your heart to hope. Much love and hugs to you. There's a reason I'm still here and there's a reason you're still here. This is the message that I, I want to get out there. And I, and like I said, I understand, I understand being in that place where you feel like nothing is going to get better. I've been there. I, that's why I understand it so well. I understand that excruciating pain and I understand what it, what it takes and the belief shifts that have to happen in order to heal. And it's why I do what I do. It's why I share the messages I share. It's why I've developed the program that I've developed to help people to go from the pain of grief to healing and rebuilding. A, a couple, I guess it was last year, there was a similar post. Again, this was on a Facebook group for mothers who have lost children or parents who have lost children. And I saw a post where someone said, you know, they just wanted to, they just wanted to die. Like, it's so hard. It's so hard. And my heart goes out to the people that are feeling it so deeply that they just, the, the pain of living in the moment is just excruciating. And yet it's unbelievable, but it's possible. 
to go from that excruciating, unimaginable pain to hope and healing. I saw that post, this person saying that they just couldn't do it anymore. And I, I wrote a rather lengthy response, but I, I put this in the main group because I, I wanted to get this message out to more than just one person because I knew if there was one person on that group feeling that way, there were dozens and maybe hundreds. There were so many people in that particular group. And this, you know, when I, when I talk on the podcast, if you've listened to earlier episodes, you'll hear me say to uh, mothers who have lost children or parents who have lost children, but I talk about all types of grief. I've experienced all types of loss and grief is grief. And we personally feel it at different levels, but grief is grief. And whether it's the loss of a child, the loss of a career, loss of a home, loss of, of a, a marriage, loss of a relationship, whatever it is, grief is painful. And this is, was my response that I wanted to share with you today. And I've shared this a few times and I reshared it again recently as uh, Mother's Day came and went because my kids died on Mother's Day. But this is what I wrote. I said, hi, wonderful parents. This is the week my children died 13 years ago on Mother's Day in a rollover accident and I was driving the car. Carrie was 10 and David was 8. The pain was worse than anything I could imagine. I kept asking myself, how can a person possibly live with this much pain? It was excruciating. How can I survive? How will I survive? But I had things to live for, so I had to figure out how to live. The problem is, I thought I had to change the situation to feel better, but I didn't. I couldn't change the situation. Nothing was going to bring Carrie and David back. Nothing. Little by little, I re-entered life. I learned how to live again. I learned how to appreciate what was in front of me. I learned how to think differently about what happened. I learned to forgive myself. The first, very first anniversary of their death, my older daughters surprised us by flying home from college to spend that painful weekend with us. That weekend, I learned I could grieve and feel joy. I sat in church with my children who were still with us, and I allowed myself to feel so grateful to be a mother, to be the mother of my living kids and my kids who went to heaven ahead of us. I allowed myself to feel joy. It changed the way I felt about Mother's Day. This horrible day that could have been horrible the rest of my life changed into a day of tremendous love and gratitude. Over time, I began to allow more joy. I allowed the sadness. I allowed all of it to heal my broken heart. I allowed God to reign. I stopped arguing with him. I accepted his will for me, for my kids, for everything. I completely reframed my thinking around everything that happened. Now I truly believe life happens for us. Someone posted they just wanted to die. I remember feeling that way in the early days. I remember feeling like life could not and should not exist as it existed right then. It's a horrible place to be. It's excruciating. Please, please get the support you need to live. Please open your heart to hope that there are better days ahead. I stand as testament that there are better days ahead. 
I love my life now. I live in joy and peace, although not without struggle. I have purpose. There is a reason I'm still here. There is a reason you're still here. Please be good to yourself. Be compassionate and loving to yourself. Remember, you are loved and cared for. You are worthy of love and care. Practice believing it. Everything can change. How you feel today is not how you'll feel tomorrow. Hold on. Stay in the fight. Believe that it's possible tomorrow could be a better day. I love you and I believe in you and in your healing because I've experienced it myself. Be good to yourself. You deserve your best care. At the time that I wrote that, I didn't realize I was writing about belief shifts, but that's exactly what I was writing about. In that post, I said, I learned how to live again. I learned I had to shift my beliefs. I had to shift my thought process. I learned how to appreciate what was in front of me. I learned how to think differently about what happened. I learned to forgive myself. I allowed myself to feel grateful. I allowed myself to feel joy. Now hear hear the word there. I allowed. I was feeling moments of gratitude. I was feeling moments of joy, but previous to that, I'd been pushing those things away. I began to allow more joy. I allowed the sadness too, and I allowed it all to heal my heart. I allowed God to reign. I accepted his will for me, for my kids, for everything. I reframed my thinking around everything that happened. I truly believe life happens for us. That was a shift in belief. It was a shift in belief from a place of, I'm a victim of this horrible circumstance in which my kids died in a rollover accident and I was the driver of the car. I had to change who I was. I had to learn and grow. I had to open my heart to hope. I had to learn that I have purpose. I had to experience being compassionate and loving to myself and to be good to myself. I had to learn that I am worthy of love and care, just like you are worthy of love and care. I had to learn that everything can change. Hope is about knowing that with new input, new information, new shifts in belief, changes can happen in our heart and in our head, and therefore in our life. It's important to get the mind and the heart involved. We spend too much time in our head. That's what we've been trained to do. Analyze everything, overthink, over-investigate. Instead, put your hand on your heart to strengthen your heart energy. It is about learning. It is about getting the mind involved, but it's also about getting the heart involved. Go into your heart, into your belief center, into your love center. Center yourself. The heart is the center. You can shift your beliefs as you open your mind and your heart to the possibilities of change, of hope, and of rebuilding. What are you taking away from this episode today? What are your thoughts? What are your feelings about what I shared? I would love to hear about it. Join me on Facebook. Join me on Instagram, both at Build a Life After Loss, and share what you took away from this episode today. 
you will help others by sharing what you learned. And if you feel so inclined, share the episode to your, on your Facebook page or on your Instagram. If this is valuable to you, it will be valuable to others too. And last but not least, before you go, be sure and leave a rating and a review of the podcast. By doing that, you are helping to spread hope. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart. And to show my appreciation, now through the end of May, I'm going to draw three names for those who leave a review, and I'll send you a signed copy of my book. All right, you have a wonderful week. Remember, I believe in you. I love you. Bye.